time once again for the A7FL three-on-one podcast. We are here, as always. For some reason, I'm your host, Matt Ryan, and blocking up front, you know him, you love him, three-time A7FL champion, big Rob Fabian, and he's my quarterback. You know him, you love him. He's Corey Hammond. We got another guest joining us. We got two guests joining us, but... Rob, Corey, so glad to have you guys here with us again on the program. And joining us on uh, on the line is one of my favorite players to watch. He's Corey Price, CP3, joining us. Corey, glad to have you here. But we have someone else here as well. We've been talking about the what-ifs, the what-could-bes, and what-maybes for 2023. There will be a new division in the A7FL, and we return to the state of football, return to what is ostensibly the home of college football. That is Columbus, Ohio, and joining us on the pod to talk about our brand new division in Columbus, Ohio, is the man who made it all possible. He is Nate Nail. Nate, welcome to the three-on-one podcast, and thank you for bringing our brand of football to one of the best football towns, a football mecca in Columbus. Absolutely, Matt. Thanks for the uh, kind intro, and uh, I mean, I'm excited to be to be a part of the A7FL. I've been a fan watching it ever, you know, for the last seven years, and I don't think there's a better place to uh, to uh, to bring the A7FL to than Columbus, Ohio. Um, we've got a lot of football fans, and uh, and they're gonna love the style that we bring for sure in 2023. And I'm gonna open up the floor for anybody, uh, any of the guys who have questions, but. First and foremost, you said you were a fan for seven years. What was the thing that took you from being a fan to saying, I want to bring players like Corey Hammond, Rob Fabian, Corey Price, Ashante Worthy to Columbus? I want to bring this style of football to a place where Woody Hayes was four yards in a cloud of dust. Now you're bringing thunder and lightning football to, to that home, to where Cardell Jones would run downfield downhill what was that moment like for you and what's some of the football we're going to come to expect in Columbus in 2023? Yeah. Great question, Matt. Um, yeah. W- watched it for, you know, for the last six or seven years, followed, followed the league as it continued to grow. And um, whenever I, sh- I saw the announcement about the Cincinnati division, that's whenever I realized, wait a minute, if Cincinnati has a team, Columbus needs to have a team too. And uh, so that's when I reached out and started the conversations about the possibility of in a franchise uh, franchise owner, and uh, I'm fortunate to uh, to have been selected and been able to make through the process. And uh, and uh, the style of football that we're going to bring is going to be fast. It's going to be action packed. Um, but it's not just football. I mean, uh, it's, it's it's a complete fan experience that we're going to be providing um, everyone in Central Ohio. Um, it's going to be the funnest thing to do on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I know, and we're really excited to see what Columbus brings to the table. What are some of the things you've seen in the A7 for for your as a fan that makes you believe that this is the type of football that can not only grow but change the face of what we know as pro football? Aside from the most exhilarating announcer I've ever heard. <laughs> 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 no, it's just it's, it's something it's something like i've never seen before it's raw it's gritty um and uh and it's it really showcases the the uh the pure athleticism of everyone that's out on the field um i love the aspect that there's that there's no pads no helmets it's it's more of an in your face type of style um you know sport. um you know uh I, i'm really excited about it 
and you have a background in ticketing. You have a background in football yourself. You understand of being an entrepreneur in this market. And you see Derek Duncan, David Meltzer, some of the people who have joined the A7FL. We have people from all across the business and sports landscape, to be completely honest, in the league. And I think that's one of the things that makes the A7FL a healthy league and a growing league is that there are people with experience in football. They're not coming in just because they watched it on TV once and thought it was cool. These are people who understand the business of football and understand what it means to be a part of a startup in the A7FL. You know, we're kick-ass football. We've been around for eight years, but we're a startup. So when you see people who can buy into the vision and buy into growing and turning players like a Corey Hammond, a Corey Price, a Rob Fabian into national stars. Like we were starting, we were calling games a couple of years ago in a snack stand. Now we're calling games on national television in front of audiences that are all over the place. We had a video that dropped today on Instagram and we had people like Carlos Dansby uh, reacting to it. There, There's something special with this league and having people like you, Nate, help add what we called on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, Rocket Fuel, not only in buying into the league, becoming a partner, becoming a owner in the league, but also just the ability, your understanding of the sport, your understanding of the industry, your understanding of the people of Columbus, because Columbus is an underserved football market. They have some of the biggest fans, some of the most loyal and aggressive fans in all of the world. If you look up college football rivalries in the dictionary, it's going to be Michigan and Ohio State. And this just seems like a slam dunk to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've been a part of the startup scene for for years. I've started and and grown for several several companies. And so it's – I I understand that process. And I think that the A7FL is at a perfect infliction right now. It's a perfect time for for me to come in and introduce this to Columbus and uh, and help the league take it to the next level. Um, You know, the sports as a business is something that not everyone gets, but I'm fortunate enough with my background to, to understand that enough to uh to to Columbus successful and and hopefully bring it back. Oh, we lost you for a second. I said no, I'm excited to hopefully bring a championship back to the 614 next year. Well, that was Nate Nail. He is the newest owner in the A7FL. Guys, we we have a new division. We have two Ohio divisions now. Corey, when you, CP3, when you entered the A7FL, did you ever think we would end up having teams in Vegas, LA, and two two divisions in Ohio? To be honest with you, no, not in a, not in a thousand years, bro. Like, I know the league had potential to go places as far as furthest, I would honestly think, Florida, because we played Florida back in the day. I've seen a 2007 video, but other than that, far as Vegas and, and Colorado and and Columbus and, and Nevada and and honestly hopefully like I said in the near future once we get down south to Texas and and Alabama and and stuff like that I think the 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 final form of the competition is going to come full yeah no I, I I feel like we haven't reached our final form yet uh and I, and I say that as I, wa- I edited a video today that dropped uh, when this podcast dropped announcing Columbus is our newest division uh, featuring Super Saiyan. And I, I just got to say, I fucking love that guy. Don't worry. You, you talk about the energy, man. He definitely oh, yeah. the energy. 
think it's chi. I think it's chi that he brings. Ah. He, he harnesses it from the universe, and all of a sudden he's about to do a spirit bomb on whoever's playing him. And yeah, I, I honestly, every slant that he catches for three yards, I'm, I'm hoping for him to go super saiyan. Well, it's like me on the call. Even if it's like a fir- if it's a two yard gain on a first and ten at the twenty, I'm still giving you a thousand RP. Yo, I, I I appreciate Nate saying that that your enthusiasm too, uh, Matt, was was awesome because I've been telling you that for a while since you started in like 2019. Even even though you didn't know all the players, the energy is always there, bro. Yeah, and to give to to people who I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this because this is something that we talk about in between the whistles and in between the, the commercial breaks on stadium. And that's me, Rob and Corey. And there will be times where I am yelling every possible swear word because the rosters are wrong. <laughs> and oh, it God, is- oh God. They don't catch that. You, you guys don't catch that on camera. They don't catch that in pre-production. But oh my goodness. When I heard Matt first for the first time, I said, holy, like, oh, he's upset. He's like, Guys, who are these names on the roster? I need current rosters. And you know, he projects that voice. And I'm like, damn, Matt, it's really like that back here. Like, production is hectic, bro. I, I didn't know it was that bad. Oh, it's a panic attack. For those for for those who those who care, our production day is like 12 hours. So wow. we are there from like 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And that's kind of average in production, but when you guys put it, when play, when the teams put in the rosters, and I love the different jerseys in the A7FL, but this is a part of the growing pains of being a startup. There will be times where the names are wrong, and and you just kind of look at the name, and you're like, that's what it says. That's what they put in the system. Because it's not like I have, we've had to have at certain points, interns run out to the field with pen and paper because we didn't trust what the teams handed in. And then they tell you, Matt, right? They tell you, oh, these are the names. The interns run it back in, doing the best that they can with their little legs, just intern legs, just moving mile a minute. And when they get back, somehow it's still wrong. And it's not on the interns. It's not on Matt Ryan. I'll just say that. How about this, guys? I'll I'll do you one better, guys. How about this? How about how about when 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 us you know I'm saying us because I'm on the field too still are wearing each other's jerseys. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I don't, I'm pretty sure I don't help too much either, huh? No, and when and if people don't know when we're calling the game, we are watching the exact same thing you were watching. So the exact cameras, the exact positions, everything that you see on TV, we see on a monitor. So all of that bounces back to us. So if we can't see a number and we get it wrong and you eviscerate us, just know we're mad too because we don't want to get these guys' names wrong because there's so many great athletes in this league. And, like, ever since I got here in 2019, Corey, you were one of the – both Corey's and Rob were, like, the guys that stood out to me because you guys are fucking football players. You guys are great football players. And I think over the last few years, we've really seen an upgrade in the caliber of athlete in the league. We're we're entering our ninth season and Corey is CP three. There's two Corey. So Corey price, uh, I'm going to start champion Corey and playoff Corey. 
That bad. And, and so by playoff, and by playoff, you say it singularly because I only had the one victory. Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, listen, is that what you're trying to say? Because both of these guys, both these guys have two need chips. To not project. They know that they're champs. But and, and it hurts my feelings. Hey Matt, Matt, yeah. Matt, you could Matt, you could just make it easier on yourself and and just call me CP like everybody else do. All right, well, no, no, call him, call him Championship Corey. You can call me, uh, you know, has a lot of kids, Corey. We 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 get it. BYU Corey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but under the banner of heaven, Corey, right? Can I ask you a quick question though? I think you can. I think you can. Can yeah, I ask you a quick question? Um, Go for it. I wanted to ask you. Like, what was your only playoff win? Because I, I think, and I could be wrong, you know, I, even though I feel like I'm not, I think the only playoff game that you were probably in was when you guys lost to the Bulldogs when you were playing with the Warriors 2015, right? See, I lost that game. And I heard about how you guys lost that game. That and, that's uh, That's going into the annals, excuse me. Um, of A7FL history. And you know what's crazy is, you know who the quarterback of the opposing team was? It was Buck. It was Buck. Yeah, it was Buck. And, <laughs> and, my guy, and my guy, Keith the God Morrison, on a post corner, he hit that post. And then when he went to plant for the corner, he got pushed off, right? The, the corner pushed him down. He fell. The corner picks it off. And it, it was like 102 degrees down there. It was the third overtime I think I'm, I might be embellishing a little bit but it was like the third overtime and then the dude because it was a, a kind of like a backside naked route he had a free lane and, and and everybody at home as well as everybody on this call this this podcast knows that I was not catching his ass but he took that thing straight to the crib and it was definitely pass interference but yeah I mean you know that that's that's a fish story at this point because it was what 2014 probably 15 15 yeah I yeah, have so that was say, a long time ago. That is the that is a loss. So that is not with a one win. As, um, as the guy who's new at the cool kids table in the ace, <laughs> and I feel like I've earned that right. Hey, and I'm still no, not there. I'm at the mediocre table. We oh, tolerate you. You. It, it feels like the memories that are attached with this game. Like if you listen to this podcast and you're new to the league and you're hearing these teams and names that even me, to be honest, I wasn't around for. So my knowledge of them are faulty at best. When you have these memories ingrained in your brain, like you're bringing up specific plays, specific players, specific moments from eight years ago, from the, the, the start of this league in its current form. I find it amazing that there there is this living history for this league and that there are so many people who are able to tell it. And I think that's a big part of this show is being able to show people how important this league is, not only for the fact that it's better football, it's more exciting football, and it gives athletes a chance that were denied opportunities one reason or another, circumstances being what they are in life. Like, Matt, you have, like, no idea, bro, and you're absolutely right. The memories is what, to me personally, makes about more than half of what the league is because these memories is what creates the brotherhood, creates the, 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 the wherewithal to go through a whole season and win a championship or lose a championship 
or even like uh, a couple of weeks ago, you got you guys had the uh, show and talking about the should we have a backup quarterback and a starter or a finisher, and and like Rob was trying to tell you guys like the start of the 2016 season, I was not the starter. I came to that team to be a ATH kind of guy, to be a to be a, a wildcat guy, a package guy, wide receivers play some corner, you know, and then McQueen gets hurt the second week against Spanktown before Spanktown turned into Snow Tribe. And then we had to play Savage week three. So ever since that game, you know, I kind of took off and took the reins. Now, like Corey was saying to Rob, like, oh, uh, well, did we bitch McQueen because we lost to the Chiefs? There's just Cap. so it's just so much history to that. And, and, and it was so much rivalry between McQueen and 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 Drew, the former owner of the Chiefs, the that Chiefs, McQueen right. McQueen came to me before the game and told me, CP, I got this. Now to be honest with you guys, this is my second season. I was a fan of McQueen. I looked up to McQueen. That was my idol. Like, I, I, I idolized my game behind him. But I knew deep down that was an ego thing with him, and he wanted to get back at the Chiefs. So as we lost that game 28-6, to six, I believe, and, and everybody was looking around like we our scored? season. Yeah, yeah, actually, we scored? yeah, we actually did score. That and was McQueen, such a tough game, bro. Yeah, oh, that man. was that 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 game could have single-handedly ruined our whole season. Because if you if you don't remember the week before, we went down to Baltimore and we were the first team to go down to Baltimore and beat Baltimore, Baltimore's quote unquote former super team, the Cobras. And it wasn't the Bombers, it wasn't Savage, it wasn't the Chiefs. We were the first team to go down there to Baltimore and beat them. So when we come back up to Jersey and play the Chiefs, and you're telling me, oh, CP, I, need, I want you to sit down. I got this. And then we get blown out. That could have demoralized the whole season. CP, can I be honest, though? Of course. One of them, that's, that's probably the greatest thing he's ever done for us. Now, I'm glad you said that. that. Now, let me, let me Hindsight stop. 2020, right? Yeah, bro, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> this is why this, this, this is this is why I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe nope. things happen randomly. Because like I just said, I feel like me getting hurt was the best thing to ever happen to BIC. And people will call me crazy and they'll call me, but you're a championship quarterback. If I never gotten hurt, I probably, we probably would have went through that whole season. We probably still would have lost to the U in uh, the regular season or the championship. Just being honest, just based on the talent we had, but we would never would have known who Sterry probably was. We never would have known the 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 athlete or the MVP because he is going to be the MVP. We you never are one hundred percent correct. Just just to reiterate, he's fucking right. Just to be clear, and to give, right. to give background, heading into the twenty twenty one season. CP3 was set to be the starting quarterback. Um, CP3 was on the Hawks the season before, if I remember correctly. And in the year before that, my first year in the league, you were a part of the PA Immortals. No, I was part of uh, the Jersey Savage. Savage, that's right. I'm sorry. Matt Riddick was on uh, the Immortals. Yeah, the Immortals. I I, I conflated that because you both ended up on the BIC. (laughs) (laughs) After After we played each other in the Final Four, yeah, and, and and we lost about one point. So that was just heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And to really bring this full circle, guys, which is crazy, the 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 full circle we're talking about. 
that playoff game, uh, CP, that you're talking about, who was the quarterback that came in to spell you for Savage? Uh, McQueen, right? It's full circle. It's just full circle, bro. So, like, so like, in 2016, like circle of life, bro. In 2016, CP3 came in for an injured and, uh, you know, not doing the the best. Not not that he wasn't doing great, but he just, you know, there was an upgrade there to be had. Um, CP3 comes in for McQueen in 2016, and then the Savage in the in their playoff run after. CP had a great year during the regular season, and people were saying, like, oh, Savage is going to finally do it. And then what did Savage do? They were like, yeah, you know this guy that, uh, you know, you were better than, CP? Remember remember this guy you were better than? Well, it's three <laughs> years later, so we're going to put him in there. And, and, and that didn't work out. <laughs> and and, and that, that, that kind of brought me back to what we were discussing earlier about how I just feel like, and I'm not taking shots at anybody, you know, um, my two years. No, 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 no. That's, that's what this is for. Well, that's what I guess I use this for, but anyway, my bad. Okay, go, perfect. Go. Okay. I'm glad you said that. All right. <laughs> but um, yeah, my two years playing with Savage, bro, like Q Bell, Ole and them, I really look at them as like older brothers. You feel me? We chill outside of football and everything, but I just feel like Savage personally as an organization uh, misuse a lot of great quarterbacks and they missed their opportunity. They missed their opportunity. Yeah, they, they missed their opportunity at their multiple championship windows. And, and, and I will go so far as to say that 2016 Savage team that they had when they lost to the Chiefs, I think it was what, six nothing, eight nothing in the final four. That team right there was probably the best team they've ever had roster. Wise because they were for, they were infused with the bombers and Q Bell actually won MVP that year, just straight off a read option, read option play action and 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 throwing the ball to Big White, you know. So um, but but far as our what year was that CP? What year was that? Twenty sixteen. That Savage team. Yeah, they had they they had the 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 Lon brothers. Um, mm-hmm. they had they had big white, they had the the, the bomber guys. Um, they had they, RF1? They had a, uh, RF1 only played the one game, I think. Who was their quarterback for the rest of the year that year? That Q. Was Q Bell, and he won the MVP oh, yeah, because it was like, Yeah, this guy's yeah, doing so fair. much for so little. Well, guys, yeah, that's MVP next week on the show, we will be announcing the fan and official awards for the 2022 A7 nice. season. Who's going to be the MVP? Who's going to be the Rookie of the Year? Voting ended today. You can no longer vote as of the drop of this podcast, but next week on the pod, we will be announcing who those champions will be, and we might also have some stuff off the rumor mill. Uh, I actually have I've hired a private investigator. Uh, I cannot confirm or deny it is me in a trench coat and a mustache, uh, <laughs> just, just lurking on, on Facebook boards. Seeing, seeing if there's anything out there. And also, we're still trying to get Corey Hammond a starting job. If you do want Corey Hammond starting in, I should ask Nate. I should I should have put together a package that would have gotten Corey to, to Columbus. I, I think it, well, hold, well, hold up, hold up there, Matt. You know, you don't got to be looking. That, that first little post you were making, you know, start some conversations behind the scenes. So you've been doing your job. Let's just say that. You don't got to keep. You know, we're, we're, we're solidifying where, where, where this is going to head and has nothing to do with me. All right, then. Okay. But we'll very have to announce- very weird. 
I apologize. No, you're fine. We'll we'll have those announced next week, and we might have some news. We might have, you know, some some guests on the pod. We couldn't have OG Buck on this week. Hopefully, we'll have him on next week. But yeah, we got an upgrade. <laughs> Oof. But you know what? Speaking of the OG Buck Lenny Manziel situation, it, it pairs to what Corey, both Corys, have gone through at quarterback and what spurred the conversation in our first episode about the starting and closing quarterback. CP, when you are talking to a team, like let's say in this scenario for 2023, you're coming back, but you're 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 checking, you're testing the waters. You're, you're soliciting offers. You're looking to see what's best for you. What is it that entices you to come aboard a team? Aside from Kenny Stansbury with a full black and mild in his ear, showing up to your job and saying, what, what are we doing here? What, what are we doing here? Why aren't you, why aren't you in the BIC? Why are you not wearing those red jerseys that we need to sage before each game? Just because history. Oh, that was, that was awesome, man. <laughs> but, um, Honestly, first and foremost, just just me playing the quarterback position. I need to know who's on that offensive line. That's number one. Um, number two, uh, just as me personally, I'm not so hell bent on finding a running back because uh, I know I can be that as well. But uh, now that I'm older, I definitely will like a quote unquote number one receiver. And I feel like there's plenty of them around since, like Rob said, you got six number one receivers playing on the U. And we got about four on BIC, you feel me? So there's definitely enough room around. But, um, and I think thirdly, definitely leadership. Like you said, with, with Kenny, you know, that goes definitely unnoticed in this league. Because we wouldn't have won a championship without Kenny's leadership this year. Big facts. Because things, things can go bad very, very fast on the sideline. And that's what people don't understand about this league. As good as it's going, you can be, and I've seen it personally with the U, they've been winning for years, but have sideline turmoil. And, 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 and that leads to them losing a game down the line or, or a game, a final four, because you know, it's, it's, it's just a lot that goes on. But, but definitely, like I said, thoroughly leadership, first line, second, you know, a receiver to throw to. And, and that's just me being the type of player I know I am. I can put a lot on my shoulders and do a lot. So I really don't need a lot. I've, I've never really needed a lot. But um, I just need that core. Like, the offensive line I had, we won a championship. You see, that was Rob right there on the line with me. Like, like the first game, McQueen got hurt. And I was under center. And I scored, the, I scored my first touchdown. Rob looked back at me. And he said, I got you. And I swear to God, the, 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 the line, the sea opened up like Moses opened it up, bro. And, and, and that was all she wrote. And, and it's just little things like that that can go a long way of trusting the man in front of you, you know? Once you can do that, then, then sky's the limit. Yeah, no. Now, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why Rob has the beard. Is that why you have the beard, Rob? <laughs> so you, can, you can part the every Red Sea you play against. So Matt's been saying that he's acting as uh, my agent, and unfortunately for him, he uh, he went for the wrong. Uh, and I'm not saying that that this is definite CP, but he went for the wrong hypothetical 
free agent quarterback if you wanted that, that big payday, you know, based on talent and uh, experience. And, you know, so I'm going to jump in and be your hypothetical while we're on the podcast. Let's just, you know, let's just shoot the shit a little bit. Um, I'm going to be your agent. So, you know, what I think this league forgets because the Salas tournament was so sudden and quick and COVID was happening around it is that the most recent, the most recent footage of CP3 as a starting quarterback, you took the Hawks. And that's right, that I was on this year and was, you know, luckily for Matt and Rob, because they like to hear me comment in the playoffs, um, absent. But you took that team to a final appearance appearance and you guys were competitive against you for a while and that was your last run as a starting quarterback in this league so now as you sit behind Sterry Codrington who you know is almost redefined the position that there's plenty of room still for a championship quarterback that can run a four or five probably below that and you know has you know in a private conversation with me earlier today said that he's going to be that same animal that we've, you know, become accustomed to in your, your past runs, you know, since the twins uh, did take a toll on you, I, I bet. Um, now that they're older and you're ready, bro. Um, what are you thinking? You, well, you look for a starting job in this league? Um, well, personally, between me and you, and like I told you earlier, I'm pretty sure Rob know too. Obviously, um, yeah, we all got kids, you know. And I, like I told you, Matt, you're on your way, believe it or not. All right, you- <laughs> good rib. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just I just took a um a deep pride into these two boys, and like Rob told me that you know I'm lucky. You know, I, I'm I'm not too humble to understand that I'm definitely lucky. So blessed, my God, blessed. So I don't want to take that, uh, take advantage of that. So the last hard because this only been my two my gate from 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 life in itself. So for me, not being able to play, you know, as much as I want to, because of to be honest with everyone, I'm I'm almost pretty sure I'm a full time. Want to call it? I'm definitely looking forward to and looking for a starting spot. Um, I would love to stay with, with, with BIC, but I feel like I, w- I would be doing the league a better justice if I would take a team like I tried with the Hawks to the championship and win a championship. And I feel like this is going, this is going off topic of our league. I've said this since Kevin Durant joined the Warriors. I feel like that man single-handedly almost ruined for us. <laughs> like that that whole jumping from a team to a team that already won a championship or you know that's going to a championship like what does that do for you as an athlete or as a man when you're just sitting on the sideline majority of the game when you know you could be playing somewhere else all game even both sides of the ball I, I could I can answer part of that I can't answer I can't answer for the bums that do that. I can answer for like, oh shit, yeah. I can I can answer for like the the actual decent players that do that. Um, it's like when you switch from that starting role to a supporting role. I feel like most of the time we do it because these knees ain't working the same. 
these ankles ain't working the same. I can't take as many snaps. Like I'm using myself as an example. Over the last what four seasons, let's say from 2018 to now, to well as recently as 2001, I have not played any teams that I considered bum teams. I didn't play them. I didn't even show up. I only came to games that, in my opinion, mattered to, to for seeding or scheduling. So yeah, I faced a Baltimore team with Buck and Bone and and Beefy and those guys. Yes, I played against BIC. Yes, I played against Savage. But everybody else, most of those guys have no idea who I am because I wouldn't show up because I just don't – I don't got it like I used to. Like 2016, in 2016, I could play every down, every snap, every everything. In 2013, I was playing both sides of the ball. So, you know, the older you get a little bit in this league, like I understand finding a home so you could kind of nest egg – in a championship team and kind of just contribute rather than be the star. You know what I'm saying? That's the only that discipline, a little devil's advocate. I could throw that in there. But for those guys that are really riding pine, like really sitting on the bench and doing absolutely nothing, I, I can't speak for them at all. Well, going back. So that's to- why I didn't play against Rob in his, the twilight of his career when he was with the U, all those, all those games. Pretty, pretty much, yes, yes. So that's why it was you were taking a break against what 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 did you say I was? No, no, no. I didn't say <laughs> let me, you. Let me say like my you. side of it too, because I'm getting older to leave. My ankles don't work, my knees don't work, and I'm still looking for a like a home where they're gonna let me play all all game. And I'm I'm struggling. <laughs> but guys, but guys, check this out. Like, Matt, Rob, get on Rob, it. Rob, you're a thousand percent right, Rob, because awesome, awesome, be honest with you. That's why I got hurt. I got hurt because exactly. I got hurt because the twins were what, one years old. I was doing nothing yeah. but working overnight and watching them all day. There is Bro. no time to work out. So when you go back out there, Man. you're gonna be the same person. And 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 how I got hit, I got hit high low by Ole and Isaac. Oh my god, I remember that. Now. Come on That's now. No. <laughs> bro, almost broke my bro, almost broke my foot, bro. Fellas, to quote Mason, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Mason, um, when we came out, good, great friend of mine. That's like my best friend. He comes out for the 2021 youth season. He's out there playing corner. Then, you know, he comes to the sideline. He's like, yo, did this game get faster? I'm like, bro, it's a combination of them getting faster and us getting slower because my God, like the things that I'm seeing on the field sometimes at my old age, I do think there's an age of success for A7 players, I think if you're between the ages of 25 and 29, those are your oh, no. seven years. Just saying. Unless you're uh, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm 35. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you're over the hill, my friend. It's over. It's a wrap. It's not a wrap. I just started working out. Let's go. To, let's to go. act as the the voice in the room who's never played a snap or a down, which is tragic because I got hands. Um, you look at the decisions you have to make. You look at the brotherhoods you build on teams from year to year. And the only thing keeping you there are the relationships with your teammates and the opportunity to win or the opportunity to be your best self and reconciling with that every year has to take an emotional toll because put it in a hypothetical to where the Hawks and the Schnow tribe are both reaching out to get you to do the starting spot, but you have the opportunity to run it back again and you have the opportunity to lead the defense. 
But hey, then, Matt, Matt, I'm sorry to cut you off. Can I, can I, can I further put emphasis on what you just said? Yes. Okay. Now, per, now, perfect. Here's here's what was originally supposed to happen the uh, 2021 season, and I love being authentic, you know, and being honest with you guys about everything. I was originally going to play with the Hawks. Um, I lost my job at the airport. Um, and Steve reached out to me and he said, you know, I know you just played with us last year, you know, was you willing to play again and, and, and I can help you get a, get a job. So I told Steve, you know, for you helping me get this job for in return, I will play for you. You know, that's the type, that's the type of person I am. Um, the job situation didn't really work out. Um, I said, well, you know, why not just go back to BIC, you know, back up Sterry. Play, play, guys. I be honest with you, out there playing defensive end was like a whole new world, yo. That was crazy. But um, I just feel like I made the right choice. Obviously, you guys see the result. But other than that, it was just a little thing that I felt like they needed. That's why I decided to go back to BIC, like leadership, um, direction, um. It's, it's, it's guys don't even know like the 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 ball I was using, and that was my ball I've had personally for about like three four years, and then Sterry just felt like that ball just felt good when he was throwing it. So I felt like if I'm not there, he's not comfortable enough to 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 play his game. You feel me? So it's just like everything has to go right. I feel like to win a championship, and and and. The, the Gators game, we had Malik starting. That was uh, the other corner elite. And we had JJ starting. And we had Ricky Tate sitting on the sideline. And, I'm, and I went over there to Kenny. I'm like, Kenny, we need to put him in, bro. We need to play them. And then ever since uh, Ricky played the Gators game, he's been starting all season. And I feel like he had an awesome season. He gave up that big touchdown to Mims in the championship game. But other than that, I feel like he personally was our best corner all year. And when you're in those positions, when you're looking at a Ricky Tate and you're able to get into the ear of Kenny Stansberry, who is ostensibly the coach of this team. And we, this has been a topic that has been hotly contested between the three of us on this show. And I would love your opinion, CP. Oh yeah. I know where it's going and you're definitely right, but go on. Do you feel when your playing career is over, because we're seeing it in Nevada, I think we're going to see it in Columbus. We're seeing it across the A7FL. And I want your opinions on those divisions too, because I want to hear what Rob and Corey have to say to your opinion on that and this. Do you see yourself at some point becoming a coach for any of these teams in earnest? Like you're, you're one of the old heads on the sidelines. You're a leader of this team your voice rings out in the streets because you've earned that voice. But do you feel that with the way the New Jersey division is constructed, you would feel comfortable making that pivot or would you need to start if you decided to make a coaching effort in a different division because your reputation would carry you and you would be able to be better served, not dealing with people you played with. I feel like this is something we've been talking about. And when I say we, I, I, I'm talking about the town of Elizabeth, New Jersey, where I'm currently staying in. There's so much talent since I moved to Elizabeth in 2007 and started my freshman year of high school. 
Well, there's so much talent in this city, and I'm talking about guys like PJ Walker. I've played played with in high school, and he's in the NFL right now, playing for the Carolina Panthers. Um, uh, 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 Kasim Green, who's played for Rutgers and went and played in the NFL for the Bears and and, and other teams. And, and, and KK, he's played, I played with him in high school. Kyle Ward, I played with him in high school. Um, it's, it's so many guys and there's so much talent in this one city that I feel like we can have our own team. And the team that I originally came into the league with, the Wolfpack in 2015, that's what we originally were trying to do, but Half of the guys went with Corey, and I don't know if this was Corey's doing or, or whatnot, but half of the Elizabeth guys went with Corey, and they made the Warriors, and we were the Wolfpack. Now, I feel like if we were smart enough, we should have had our one team with all the guys, the Warriors and the Wolfpack together, and we maybe could have made a deeper run in 15, but that's neither here nor there, but that's what I'm saying. That used to be the... I would say the core of town beef, the core of town beef used to be, you know, city versus city, you know, Trenton versus Patterson, you, or you got Elizabeth versus Newark, or, you know, that's why I, I'm not too big of a fan of a lot of guys going to one team because that's just leaving out more competition, I feel like, you know, the competition is, is, is diminishing now instead of how it used to be because guys don't want to get together and 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 this is trust me, this is just coming from my opinion i feel like they don't want to get together and put in the hard work anymore to win a championship everyone wants to play on a super team or have it the easy way or 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 or, or hide behind you know stars and and just be role players and I, and hey there's nothing wrong with that you know some guys are older you know some guys aren't as comfortable being out there all day but just coming from me and what I'm used to, um, I want to play. I didn't drive about 45 minutes an hour to sit on the sideline. I want to play, you know. But but to answer your question, uh, uh, Matt, I would 100% uh, see myself being a uh, owner in the league, especially in, in the New Jersey division, which I personally feel is most competitive. And I've known a lot of the guys that I'm playing with right now, that's been watching me play when they're in high school, like uh, Umar, call him Butter, um, Trey, uh, uh, bro, it's it's uh, David that's that's on our team too. They was watching us play, and 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 for me to to have the opportunity to coach them, you know, in in the near future, that would be like a a, a dream come true. And I, I, I can see that happen. I can see all three of you guys acting as a coach in this league. And if this league continues to expand the opportunity for the institutional memory of players like you, players like Corey, players like Rob, would be invaluable to a Nate Nail or to a Derek Duncan. Because I think the athleticism in this league and the pure skill in this league is going to continue to grow. But I think oh, yeah. the true problem will be them catching up. And that's a conversation, Rob, you and I have had, Corey, you and I have had, and CP, you played against Vegas. You've played against some of these other teams. You haven't had a chance to play Ohio or 
Florida yet. You'll probably have a chance this year. But playing against Vegas, what was going through your mind of going up against a team that's playing the same sport as you, but not playing it the same way as you? Well, when we were watching their their film, first and foremost, we were saying like, yo, these guys are uh, pretty big. You know, they're like some, some militant guys and whatnot. But to be honest with you, and I love how I think it was the last show you guys had that I just listened to when their owner was on and how honest he was when he said like, um, well, if we have to play the Paris and you were BIC, we're most likely going to lose. But it's that experience that that team needs, you know, to make Facts. you know, because it wasn't always BIC was undefeated winning championships when um, I joined the league. And what I personally like to do, I like to watch a lot of old film. I was saying BIC getting smoked. I'm I'm talking thirty nothing. Hey yo, hey yo, lower your tone, yo. I was on that team. Growing <laughs> <laughs> pains. Nah, nah, it was it was bad. Like it wasn't it wasn't always what people see it as. You know, just to piggyback on what Corey's saying, he's right. And I'm guessing this is why the expansion of the league is great. More teams is great. More teams in those divisions are great because then they get to experience the, you know, the infancy stages of going against town town teams. You know what I'm saying? Like, just imagine that again for these other, you know, counties. That, that would be great. I, I definitely agree with Corey there. Corey. Well, and I think another another thing is, is we were touching it on uh, one of the first things we were talking about is the memories that we have in this league. And I know you guys have a lot more positive ones, right? Because we, you know, we joke about it, but both of you guys have, you know, memories and stories to tell from those two championship runs. But, you know, a lot of the memories that I think we, we keep talking about, you, you guys are touching base on the early days of BIC where they had to learn how to win. Um, you, you even look at BIC in 2021 where they were very successful except for against the U and those losses were what, you know, was helping to drive them in the off season in the early part of the season to get together. Like me specifically, like the moment that I remembered in, the, in you know, that CP3 brought up uh, in, in the playoffs in Maryland, you know, it was a negative, you know, it was a negative memory. So sometimes, you know, that is the driver. And when you have to learn from the bottom up in this league, that's why some of these expansion teams, they need to go through what uh, Florida and California did their first time in the final four, where they, they were absolutely drubbed and beaten against the wall, like bloodied and, and, and sent back on the plane, like barely able to walk. You know, Florida took that and had a team come back in here and basically outplay uh, uh, the top team from Maryland, which is, you know, a huge thing. And so for Vegas to come in, play the BIC this year and realize that how far they have to get to that, that top level of a seven, you know, hopefully for them or someone in their division, they're going to see that and use that as the driver so that all of these new teams when they experience that negative they turn it into the fuel that it takes to get to the top definitely Corey. i think like i think like vegas though i feel like they're like two three years away of of really making a serious final four appearance because i feel like they have to get by baltimore first and you know how it was back in the day Corey. how like pa had to get over the hump and how Baltimore first got here and they thought they were like that and they had to realize they had to get over the hump. 
before it was the year of Baltimore in 2018. And and so it's just it's just you have to go to the you have to go through the growing pains. You know, it's it's just something that, that has to be done. I think for me, I feel with the level of talent Vegas has and the level of advancement that we've seen come out of Tampa and Orlando. I think they're going to be the number two and number three divisions in the A7FL within the next two to three years. I think that next year is the first year in the history of the A7FL that one of the two slots in the championship game is not from a team from the Northeast. It's not going to be Maryland. It's not going to be New Jersey. It's. I don't think it's going to be Boston. I don't know if Boston will be able to catch up uh, as quickly, um, but there's some hard headed and hard-hearted human beings in Boston. So anything is possible with that. But we've seen the the adoption of this league. It's for every Vegas force, we've seen some teams get punched in the mouth and it'll take a while for them to bounce back. Like the Santa Monica vibe, they were calling themselves the team of the league, ended up asked out of the playoffs. Yeah, that that's that's wow, man. That's that reminds me of that what that 08 Broncos team. <laughs> And you you see that I think that Vegas and Florida have a real shot next year. And if the if the if the year breaks the way for them that it needs to, and my dog disagrees with me, but my dog is an asshole. Um, if you if Mark Bagway gets another year under center, or if they're able in with the Nightcrawlers to rotate that quarterback wide receiver tandem in an effective way if they're fully staffed the entire season, I can see the night crawlers beating the rare breed in maybe five out of 10 times. If they're fully staffed and they're playing again in the elite eight. Yeah, Matt, I definitely see them. If they come back, Matt, I definitely see them in the final four. Like what the experience they had last year and the, the way they lost, uh, I would definitely see them coming back with a vengeance and playing either us in the final four, which I know a lot of people wanted to see, or or going against the U in the final four. I think I think that'll uh definitely what the fans want to see. Here's a hot take. I think there's only gonna be one New Jersey team in the final four next year. Ooh. Matt, 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 stop. Are you only saying that because the New Jersey teams gotta bump each other off? I think I think the way that the league is going to change, because if there's there there's going to be there's nine divisions. Okay. So if we look at it from the idea that things things change and it's only the top eight teams or the top ten teams in the league for balance, and it's do you do you think that two or three New Jersey teams? can crack through that because you have all of the division champions. Not two or three. Let's just be honest. Just two. Now, I'm not going to ever say two or three. It's just two. But so, going in as a ninth seed, a tenth seed, like that's going in as a tenth seed for the okay, Patterson I, U is tough. I, I'll give you that. The Patterson U actually went in at a very low seed this year, probably the lowest seed they've ever been in the history of the U. Right? We we can agree on that, right, guys? Unanimous, right? They were the three seed when we beat them in the final four 
2016, and that right. was the, besides that was the lowest at the time, right? Yeah, besides 2018, they were the three seed too. 2018, right? So again, like we've seen things happen to the Patterson View, but they came in at a very low seed. I think they were fifth or sixth seed. Yeah, they were fifth. Still ran the table and went to the chip. I think it's more dangerous for the league in general if the Patterson U gets the quote unquote hide amongst hide amongst the monsters. I mean, hide amongst the you know the the teams that we don't think are that good. The Patterson U is not a five. It's not. They're not a fifth or sixth seed. They're just not. Even if the well, number says it, they're just not. And they they would be a threat to anybody in those brackets. I would I would still be nervous if I was other teams and I'm the three seed going against a six seed Patterson U. That's scary for a team that's not prepared for that. <laughs> well, my question, Rob, for you, because you know a lot of the inner workings of either of these guys and whether I, I'm not asking for you to tell me something that's verifiable, just kind of your feel. But based on the result of our the most recent season, 2022, in which two points you know, if they score three po- three more points somehow in that game, they do what they set out to do, but they, they unfortunately were disappointed with the result as, as the, the runners-up for the season. Does that drive them to come back harder and stronger next year, or do you think, based on the long run of dominance in this A7FL, that, you know, the, the exit of a guy like Joel Rivera is, is the beginning of – hypothetically, the potential decline or end of the U as we know them? Um, right about the, the end of the U as we know them. But um, these, these teams move in arcs. Like right now, it's to me, again, it's the BIC era. It's up to every team in this league from every state to gun for that team. That's the prototype. That's who you guys look at to say that's who we have to be, right? The U has to change the same way BIC did. Yes, you might take some, you might take some tough years in between, but you need to redo everything. Get new blood in there. Get the younger guys. You know, you know, follow guys like Jakari Mims. Um, the other the other guy that was on there in 2021, viral. Get those guys, those kind of hungry, talented guys on there, and you're looking at the U revitalized again. And it won't take them that long because again, they're still the Patterson U. So it didn't take BIC that long. BIC came back in the, in the prominence fairly quick for football standards. Like teams, but we would, we could also say that we could also say that BIC. We just we actually did literally, you know, in air quotes, say it. BIC kind of walked into a, a little bit of a lucky situation with the most important cor- uh, position in this league, arguably at the quarterback position, and you know the the. The fantasy draft, Rob, that we just did, the quarterback that you took is the used quarterback who is the all-everything Quattro Huffin. Oh, right. So what, what, what BIC did is they kind of recycled a lot more than just, you know, the fringe players. We're talking about new position players at every major position for KWAC. This is some inside. Yeah, no, this is some inside stuff. I told Carl, I told Carl personally, hey, Carl, Get rid of any and everybody that won the championship with you in 2016. Rebuild around some core guys, and BIC will be fine. It's going to take a while. It doesn't happen overnight. Is we that what you're doing with the U? That's what the U should do. 
I'm not saying wipe everyone, but these guys are getting old. These guys are not young spring chickens. We we know we know why they lost. It, it was the passing of the torch. We understand what that was. I felt that in 2021 when we beat BIC. I felt I felt like that was one of the hardest games I've played in my life. But I'm at the tail end of my career while Ashanti Worthy is just getting started. Sterry Codrington, I'm facing a rookie Sterry Codrington. A current yeah, but- who doesn't seem like he ages. So you got to look at it from my perspective. Here's a, here's a question where- for everybody here because they all know the one person who would have to make this decision. Ryan Shamar. Does Ryan Shamar go to a Quattro Huffin? Does he go to a Pat Coburn? Does he go to anybody on that on that offensive core or that defensive line that helped get them three championships in a row? Do you go to, pardon me, two championships in a row and four straight A7 NFL championship appearances? Do you say, hey, we got to reload. I, I talked to the guys at the Hawks. They, they love to have you. Or I talk to the guy you, with the no, snow no, truck. No, you don't say that. You don't say that. The way, yeah, the way yeah, yeah. Because what I what I'm trying to push, Robin. I was going to say that these guys are just going to leave on their own, just like Joel did. Jo- Joel's not a bum, but Joel is at the tail end of his career. He's not making those spectacular catches like he was. He's not helping stretch the field like he was. He's not as big as a threat as he was. So yeah, that you had six or seven star receivers, but we all can say the top two receivers for the U last season was Kyle Ward and Patrick Colbert with all the receivers that they had on the team because Jakari Mintz had to play corner and all that. So we, we just got to, we got to let nature take its course. We're not telling, we're not saying, Hey, old guys hit the road. No, we're not saying that because that, that, that knowledge is what got, got them the chip in 2021. The, what the U really needs is an offensive line or someone specifically to stop Varadi, if, if, if Varadi gets stopped, we're not even having this conversation. We're saying, what can BIC do with this young quarter? Make them better. How the hell do you make great better? BIC is amazing. So it's, it's kind of hard to make them better. I don't see where they were weak at. It's I, just, you know what makes the them better? Works, it's a matchup situation. Matt Riddick playing eight straight weeks. If, and this goes back to our conversation with Sterry. And this is something that I want to bring up with CP. <sighs> When we spoke with Sterry Codrington two weeks ago, he mm-hmm. said that if you had Ashante Worthy leave the BIC, some, someone else, like a Kason Campbell or a Mighty Mouse Sisson, or if you had Matt Riddick all eight weeks, you wouldn't see a difference. If you took Sterry Codrington out for eight weeks, you would see a difference. And that was in conversation about who's the most valuable player in the A7FL. Do you agree with that assessment? And and this is your team. These are your teammates. But, and Rob, I want to, Corey, I want to hear your opinion too, because I believe we were were all kind of in agreement with this. Wait, do do I agree with what assessment? You cut out just a little bit. Sorry. So remember when Sterry was on the show a few weeks ago? Right. And he talked about the difference between Ashante. If you took Ashante out and you took Sterry out, will right. you pull Ashante out? Someone else can step up. If you take Sterry out, or if you have Matt Riddick all eight weeks instead of Ashante, it's a completely different. And, this, and I don't, I don't, I don't fully agree with the take because that's the same take of MVP, offensive player of the year. That was that take. Yes. That where Sterry felt like he was MVP 
And, and me and Rob, right? Me and Rob said he was offensive player of the year, but it's Chauncey. Yeah, I, so I think yeah, he I feel as though, yeah, he, he didn't disagree, but he just gave us his take. Because it wasn't like a debate or an argument. He just gave us his clear-cut opinion on it. The MVP for me is the guy I can put several different places. Like, we can – I just still like Codgerson as offensive player of the year. If you remove Codgerson – Yes, BIC is going to struggle. But if you remove, remove Worthy, BIC doesn't win as many games. You're asking Codgerson to do a little bit more. You're asking these players to do a lot more than they were doing before. And well, like, you got to think about it. Think about the chip where Worthy or, or even you said, you, said, you said Matt Riddick. The reason why Matt Riddick is not as dangerous as, you know, the league thinks he is is again that vet preference. The guy something you have faced Matt Riddick 40 times. At this point, you know if he wiggles his pinky toe, he's going left. Like it is there's not much. Yeah, so then why did Kells press him, bro? No, I'm just joking. Keep going, bro. No, it, it was a bad move by Kells. But honestly, that that was probably to the BIC's benefit that he wasn't there all year. Maybe Kells forgot. But if you gotta face Matt Riddick eight weeks straight, you still gotta deal with the fact that he could get hurt. He could have prior engagement. There's a lot of things that can go on. Eight weeks, Matt Riddick doesn't make that much of a difference on BIC, this BIC team being there eight weeks straight. I don't think he makes any difference. You remove Ashanti, I, it's, it's just a tough call because of the impact Worthy had and the impact Hodgson had. It's very tough for me to say you remove either one of them and BIC is a champ. It's, it's tough for me to say. Well, CP, what's your take? Well, only reason why, and um, like, like I don't know, I agree with Rob because, like I said, uh, Ashante, uh, he returned a lot of kicks for us for touchdowns. Like, uh, like the first game of the season, those two touchdowns he returned against the Rare Breed, I feel like that put us over the top. Um, I felt like the 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 small times he did play a little corner for us. He was just as big as KK, um, locking down receivers. And the four-touchdown performance he had on the U, like, that alone kind of, like, put it over the top, even though, like I said, Stereo was throwing him the ball and whatnot. But I just feel like – and even and Stereo would even tell you, he, he said it multiple times, like, he's humble enough to let you, let you and everybody else know this was and is a great team. Like, we had – pieces filled everywhere around to offensive line to defensive line. You know, I, don't, I feel like there was no gaps or holes that we needed this year. Now, that's not taking any, anything away from the quarterback position because, you know, he has to operate the ship. But I just feel like from, from me playing the position, I just know it does take a team and the pieces around you definitely makes a big difference especially when you got arguably like I, I feel like um Ashanti is the best player in the league but most valuable to us last year I feel like that was scary and that might not make a lot of sense to people but like I said I just feel like just for me playing quarterback and operating the ship um that is pretty tough but at the same time, what Ashante can do, you can't take that away from him. 
Like you, he, he, he just does. And he puts fear in, in, in anyone. Like the, the, the kid is amazing. I know he only played a few years, but if he stays at this trajectory, I really feel like he can be like the, the, the best player of all time. And I feel like the best player of all time to me is Virgis just because I've seen him play and, and he's playing well professionally right now. So like he's taken off with the platform this league has given him. But uh, Ashante being so young and, and, and he can play quarterback too, you know? Uh, I, I've seen him make throws and, and um, the game we played last year, I think uh, when I didn't finish the game and he came in and won it for us, against the Cobras and scored those two touchdowns. Like, I just feel like he can do the same thing. So to wrap up, Ryan, to answer your question, I just feel like if we do take Ashante away, we probably don't win as many games, but I feel like Sterry will find a way to make something happen because we will have a Matt Riddick, which I feel like is, is, not much a difference from Ashanti. People don't forget Matt won MVP back to back. He didn't play quarterback, ran sideline sideline to sideline. No one can catch him throwing the ball behind his back. Like the he can special teams return it for touchdowns. Like it's it's not really a difference. So I mean if, if you're replacing um Matt with Ashante, I mean that's like one A and one B. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't feel that way. I don't, I'm not taking anything away from Matt Riddick. We're talking about a two-time back-to-back A7A FL MVP. I'm not taking anything away from Matt Riddick. But the excitement, the energy, the skill set that Ashante Hollywood Worthy brings. Yeah, Rob, this is why it's so hard, bro. It's and, very, and, and, very difficult. You know what? You know what? Yeah, I'm going to take that back, Rob. But yeah, you're you're right, Rob. I'm I'm, just, I'm gonna just I'm, 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 gonna, go, I'm, I'm gonna go with my gut. I'm gonna go with my gut and say, um, we 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 don't win as many games without Ashante, bro. Cause he that that kid can and literally that's hard. Win. That's hard, bro. It's hard to say, but it might be the truth. And I'm only saying it. Please, guys, don't bash me because I picked these guys. Bic's receiving core. Oh man, exactly. it's insane. The way they exactly. That's and I'm people saying. don't understand how good That's KK is, bro. That's why, like, um, including Rob Fabian, CP, including Rob Fabian, he does not understand how good KK like, is. I've seen this the guy worst. play. I've I've played with the this worst defense. I've seen this guy play at at, at Montclair. Like like, for uh, I feel like personally, as great as Ashanti is, I feel like it's an insult to even call KK a number two receiver. But I know that's that's just in football terms, you know. I understand how it goes, but but it's 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 hard, bro. Because the receiver core we had this year, and people sleep on uh, uh, Trey and Butter. You feel me? They can be potentially number one or or one A and one B receivers anywhere else. And then you throw Mighty Mouse in there, and then God forbid you got you got Matt Riddick coming in after that. Like, come on, bro! Like, the that that receiving core is just ridiculous. Like, I probably never been seen before in the, in in all the years I've been playing. Like, even even though the U has like quote unquote six number one receivers, a lot of those guys are in their older years. You know, like Easy, Joel, Smoke, uh, um. Kyle, Kyle's more younger, you know, um, 
And Mims is more younger, but, you know, after that, who do you really have, you know, besides Dot? And I feel like Dot is the best tight end, you know, in the league. So I guess you can, you know, count Dot in there too. But other than that, oh, I forgot about DeMar. Well, they, there you go, you know, that that's. Well, it's safe to say that Corey Price will be a frequent guest on the three-on-one podcast. That is that is not an illusion uh, by any yeah. stretch of the imagination. Uh, but, CP, before we settle up and ride here and uh, wait another six days to talk to each other, what's one thing I want one hot take for the 2023 season? Because we already had one from Nate Nail that Columbus is going to go to the chip. Uh, but I want a hot take from you. I want a scalding hot take from you, and then I want a scalding hot take from the boys before we head on out of here. Scalding hot take from me. Wow. Um, you might see CP3 in a new uniform. Ooh. Oh, let's go. Do you need an agent? <laughs> I, already, I already told you earlier in this broadcast, I called it dibs. <laughs> I think I think CP Corey Price can take care of himself though, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I hope so. You know. All right, I'll make some calls for you. Just, if, just uh, when we get off, no. when we get off, we'll start texting. We'll we'll talk about where I might go so that you can go to the I'll other make- team, and I don't have to be your backup. They might, because you know I love where I am. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, uh, like like you guys know. Um, as, as humble as I love to be, I have to also remember who I am. And, and I am a, a championship winning quarterback. So uh, I need to um, take that in, 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 into accountability, you know. And also, like I said earlier, I feel like it's just what's best for the league to expand. So uh, we need to, you know, do what's best for business, as Triple H would say, you know. And business is booming. Yeah. Love, love the Triple H quote, by the way. All, all hail Papa H. But Rob, Corey, what are your hot takes before we head on out of here? Well, let me give, let me give you mine because, you know, Corey, Corey will be here all night telling you his hot take. But <laughs> my hot take, Corey's not going to like it. And I'll be, I'll be trying to get Corey, hot takes to make Corey mad. But my hot take is Mark Bagway leads his team to a championship next year. Wow. Mark Bagway leads his team to a championship. Didn't say not that they win it, but he will be in the I, – I, I feel like Mark Bagway will be in the chip this year. Corey, your thoughts? I'm not mad. I'm, I just I – just, you, what you're assuming there is that that moment that we keep harping on is going to turn yes. into a catalyst when I it think – I think the point of the moment was is, is how serious does that team currently constructed take the route to a championship? Because if they really, really wanted it that badly, I think they would have just ran the ball once or twice more and not given it to that, that, uh, that dude that fumbled it and almost gave it away earlier. <laughs> um, but look, Rob, that's actually not a bad one. And I'm not, I'm not mad. Thank you. Thank I'm just, you. Uh, Thank I'm you. just intrigued. So, my hot take, guys, and I think we can touch on this um, next week in a lot more detail. Ooh. Intent. Is, uh, first of all, thank you to everyone that tried to um, hurt my feelings. It was, ah, yes, uh, very next successful. week we will announce the winner of that as well. 
it, it was very successful, but uh, honestly, just keep it coming because why not? I'm an easy target and I deserve it. But the hot take, gentlemen, is that although our pre-call conversation seemed like Rob was a little uninterested in the potential movings around of the A7FL, my hot take is, is that after the end of next week's podcast, he might not be thinking that there's a, you know, a dark horse for the actual championship since he's already uh, attached himself to the Nightcrawlers who blew a, who blew a touchdown lead by dancing in the fourth quarter to the rare Please stop. Stop the madness, Corey. Stop the madness. But my hot take is, is that after the next week's podcast, he's going to have a lot to talk about and potentially be interested in. Because as back and forth as he is about the BIC wide receivers and whether they're good enough to draft for his fantasy team or they're good, because it seems to switch depending on what we're doing, because you have two of them on your fantasy team that, that I am dominating, by the way. So everybody go to Twitter and vote. But I'm going to have you flip-flopping on that, that earlier uh, point that we had, had off air because I think you're going to be a little bit more excited than you think you're going to be. Interesting. No, no, I'm not. All them boys bums. <laughs> uh, you don't like me as much as you love me, which is an interesting thing to say. <laughs> and on that note, please be sure to rate, review. It's really important that you guys review the podcast. The more reviews we get, on Apple Podcasts really do help us. They help us climb up the charts. They help get more people to notice the league. So if you are a player, if you're a fan, a family member, or you just really want to see us get a solid gold boat, please rate, review, and subscribe however you're listening to us. It really does make a huge difference. We are getting more and more listeners every week. We are getting a lot of more players listening to the podcast. And I'm going to be very interested to see what the reviews are for this one. Corey, Rob, you guys are the rocks of this show and you are the cornerstones of what we do on the air every week. So thank you for that. And CP, you know, we got a seat here open for you whenever you want it. And whenever you retire, if you're not roaming the sidelines, we'd like to put a headset on you. Thank you so much for joining us, my friend. It's always a great conversation. Appreciate it. Definitely, I'll be in that seat in the near future. Definitely. Well, for all of us here at the A7FL, have a great week. We'll see you next time. We'll be announcing awards. We'll be announcing winners. And we'll be announcing potential big moves. Congratulations to Columbus. And as always, don't be an asshole. I'll try.